Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Hello, hello. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I'm Alexa. I'm Ambrosia. Hi, everybody. And we are so excited to be joined today by Stacy Larison, inspirational speaker and self-love coach. Hi, Stacy. Welcome to Inner Bloom. Hi, ladies. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, we're excited too. I, you and I connected on TikTok a little while ago, mm-hmm. and at, when we connected, you were giving me like a brief overview of just your incredible story and your your username on TikTok is unstoppable Stacy. So I named this episode Unstoppable Mindset with Stacy Larison because I think that just from what I've heard from you and what I can tell from you, that seems like your superpower. So um for everyone who is just getting to know you, would love if you could give a little bit of your background, your story, whatever feels most relevant to share about yourself. I would love to do that. So I am Stacy or Unstoppable Stacy. I, um, when I was a little kid, I started having a lot of health troubles. And as I began to get into my adolescent years and then in my early 20s, everything very much escalated. So I got married really young. We, I got married when I was just 20. And so this all was going on right as I became a, a, new, a newlywed. And within just a matter of, you know, a matter of months, we went from me not feeling good to me being unable to deal with life, unable to participate in life. And we're talking multiple surgeries, dozens and dozens and dozens of hospitalizations. I had five, five brain surgeries in a matter of, I think, 18 months and you know, I had a doctor, I regret what he said, but I had a doctor say, Hey, if you're wanting to have kids, you guys need to get on it. And so I felt this really intense pressure to start having babies. So we started trying to do that in the middle of all of this chaos that was happening. Yeah. And of course my body couldn't cope. And what ended up happening was I lost um, my first two pregnancies. My third pregnancy was really traumatic. I lost it after um, a surgery that didn't go well. And then my fourth was really traumatic after a really bad infection. So, So here's the other piece about me. I am also, I have also been very connected to the other side since I was very, very little. And 
I have always understood that there's more to life. I've always had a vision for what my life was going to look like. I received a lot of intuitive guidance as a child that I was going to be speaking someday, but I never could really understand what I was going to be speaking about. I was just like, I'm just Stacy. I don't really have any story to tell. Like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Well, so they gave me a story (laughs) (laughs) and I have been able to, the last decade I've been at home raising my kids and in one aspect, I have been so incredibly content and happy in that aspect of life. The other piece is with the chronic disease I have, I have lupus, I have a disease called adrenal insufficiency. Um, I am in severe chronic pain all the time. And I quite often don't have the energy to function. I have to be very careful with my energy. I have to plan and really take care of myself. Well, I grew up in the church. And so is it okay if I keep going? Oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah. I'm okay. on the edge of my Yeah, seat. we're like leaning okay. in. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up in the church and I had these intuitive gifts. I didn't understand what they were. I thought that everyone was like me. I thought that everyone could hear things. I thought that when everyone slept, that they felt like they went to different places. I felt, I thought everyone could feel as though their loved ones are with them. I just didn't understand. And as I started getting really active in the church, it became clear that I would hear stories in the Bible that were similar about people hearing things and seeing angels and spirits, but I didn't feel supported. And I began to really like stifle these gifts, like actively trying to block them so, so hard. And I actually, I actually believe that that might be why I got sick because I pushed them away and shoved them down and pushed my this part of me away for so, so long. Mm. And so what's happened is in the last couple of years, I just, I woke up and I, and I just have decided like, I am miserable in some regards. I can't live like this anymore. And I have worried so much about people's judgment and what, how am I going to speak up? What if I'm vulnerable and I fail and my family and friends see me fail and then I have to face them? I can't worry about it anymore because one, it's been more painful to not reach for my dreams than it has been, you know, to stay comfortable. And secondly, I do believe that there are other people out there that need to hear my message and that this will activate something in them. I very strongly believe in that. So I have really pulled myself together and created this message about what healed my heart was when I learned to love and accept myself. I am very passionate about encouraging all people um, to connect with their intuition and use it. And I've always felt really passionate about that. My children, that is a huge thing that we work on because I see it as a gift, a way to protect yourself. And I see it as this guidance to give you like this path. And I'm not saying life's going to be easy, but when we, when we try to stop resisting things, trust me, it's taken me 40 years to learn this. 
But when we (laughs) stop resisting, surrender, and begin to listen to our own hearts, doors open. Mm -hmm. I have had so many doors open in the last like five months that I am blown away, just like you guys, you know, and I know I'm on the right path now. So, yeah, I suppose that's it in a nutshell. (laughs) So, yeah. What an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing that Mm -hmm. with us. And I, I really, what you said about like suppressing your intuition and your own belief that, you know, that could have contributed to this, this sickness in a way. Um, And also what you said about that it just, it just struck me in a whole different way when you said it for some reason about like your intuition is here to protect you. Like it's, it's something like you should claim, right? It's not something that we should reject. It's one of our senses. Like it's not one of the most talked about senses, but it's, it is one of our senses that's here to help us thrive and survive and take the right path and grow and do the things that we're meant to do. So you know, I just, I really, really resonate with that. And I really loved how you've come out of this journey seeing that and able to communicate mm-hmm. that to others. Because something we see so much in our community and our listeners is so much fear. So mm-hmm. much fear about, I, I just talked to someone yesterday, um, <clears throat> someone who's so lovely. And I have, I, And I really respect where everyone is in their life. And I totally understand when someone is like, it's just too scary. It's just Mm -hmm. too much. But -hmm. at the same time, I'm like, I totally get that. And at the same time, like, if it all ended tomorrow, like, would you be happy with holding that back? Would you be satisfied? Because the person I was talking to was talking about they know they're a people pleaser and they really scared of not pleasing people. And they know that if they develop their intuition, they would have to probably start saying what they really feel. And then they wouldn't be able to people please anymore. And I was mm-hmm. like, I just think it's very, very interesting. So anyway, I just thank you for sharing your perspective after having mm-hmm. been through something that that was very like life and death and, pro- and probably still, I don't know, does it still feel like that sometimes? Or does it just feel like, Do you feel like it's manageable, but it's just a constant reminder? It's manageable, but, you know, when you're in chronic pain every day, it is very daunting. You know, I, it's it's really hard to put into words what that feels like. And I feel like that's actually what makes me really unique is that, you know, you'll hear speakers talk about, I overcame this and this and this, and here's where I'm at. I haven't conquered these chronic illnesses. Instead, instead, what I've learned to do is surrender, trust, and focus on the joy in my life and chase my joy. Stop worrying about everything else and chase my joy. That's been kind of like my mantra this year, like chase your joy. Just remember, that's all you got to do. And uh, Again, just unbelievable what happens when we start to, like, I've taught my children for years to honor your own needs, honor your own feelings, honor your own desires. And honestly, it's parenthood that really was probably a catalyst for me starting to learn these lessons finally, 
because as I am teaching my kids things like my son, I'm like, no, you don't get your Nintendo first. And then I trust you. I need to trust you with the boundaries and then you're going to get that, get it. Mm-hmm. And as I'm saying this to him, I'm like, that is literally like manifestation of what the universe is like trying to say, you know, like yeah. you have to trust me that good things are coming. You have to expect good things. And then they come. Mm-hmm. So, so that's been really interesting. It obviously we're just all big kids and we're all learning the same lessons all the time. Yeah, absolutely. How do you follow, how do you continuously follow your joy, even in times of like um, uncertainty or, you know, despair? That's a really great question. So I don't always succeed. You know, sometimes I really do get down. And one thing that has really been a game changer for me is that I've learned to stop judging myself. So if I need a few days of downtime, I'm going to take it and I'll sit in my feelings while I'm feeling miserable and I'll cry it out. And sometimes it's literally just buckling down and getting through it and having the courage to have hope that things are going to get better. Mm -hmm. As, as a chronically ill person, once you have a few days of not feeling well, you start this panic begins to set in. And if you're chronically ill and you listen to this, you'll completely understand what I'm talking about. It's like, is did I ha- have I had my last best day? Is this it? Like, am I going to be feeling like this forever? And so I really try to continue to trust. I continue to focus on the great things I have. And I also, I really believe in distractions. So uh, as silly as it sounds, I, I mean, like I'm so sick of Netflix at this point in life because I've watched like everything on there. Um, Sometimes we just have to get our mind off things. Yeah. Yeah. Not always easy. And I haven't mastered this part yet. Mm -hmm. I you remind me so much of my mom um, because, and it's funny because when I first met you, I had the intuition, connect her with your mom, connect her with your mom, because my mom <clears throat> has been through, you know, breast cancer, kidney cancer, ovarian cancer, like all these different ulcerative colitis, like having her, which intestine removed. I don't know. She always jokes that I should know that, but she always jokes that like, she looks so powerful on the outside, but if you saw like all, like it looks like operation type of thing. And, but that being said, she's very, she's an author, she's a speaker. And she always talks about what you just said about she'll have like, she'll get like a GI issue or like something that's kind of left over from these things. And it always makes her nervous because Mm -hmm. she, and she always says in those moments how, it makes her nervous and it also reminds her how grateful she is just walking down the street, you know, mm-hmm. like how much a gift that is. And and she's she's like one of the more grateful people I know. Like she's one of the more she's she, she's like committed to like trying new things whenever she can and and I really feel like like anyway, so I I want to make a note to myself. Like I feel like I should connect to you guys because I I don't please know. I would yeah. love to. Yeah, I feel like you guys would be great friends, or maybe she'd be able to help with like speaking or, yeah. or whatever. But the point is that I think there is such a obvious link between 
people in this life who go through chronic illness, like you're talking about, or like a severe illness, and per the perspective on life, like the perspective mm. on what life is really about, you know? Right. Uh, you know, it's not, it sounds exactly like me because people have asked me, like, what would you change? And I tell them nothing because the reality is I am so grateful for every day that I feel good that I do my best to make the very most of that day. Mm-hmm. I would not change that. Mm-hmm. And that's difficult for someone to understand. That's especially like family that's watched me go through what I've went through, but it's true. I would rather live this life where I have this clear vision of how precious life is than to take it for granted. Any day. I'm curious, Stacy. what is, because this question keeps coming to me. Your name is um, on on social media, et cetera, Unstoppable Stacy, right? So what mm-hmm. does unstoppable mean to you? Because I feel like you just, just, when you were describing your journey, like maybe that's not, because you described a lot of giving yourself grace, like giving mm-hmm. yourself time. like, And I think a lot of people, when they think unstoppable, they think like, like plowing forward, no matter what, you know? So I would love to hear your definition of unstoppable. I appreciate that. Um, That's actually very closely tied to my core speaking piece that I use. And the bottom line is one of the most powerful moments in my life was after my third miscarriage. I was sitting on the edge of a hospital bed. It had been really traumatic and the doctor we had gotten the furthest along with this pregnancy and, and I still was only at like 12 weeks, but I had heard a heartbeat for the first time, things like that. So the doctor was like, "Ah, I'm so sorry, guys. I just don't know what happened. And my immediate response, I went into, well, the next time, no, this, I'm sorry. This was my fourth miscarriage. I said, the next time I miscarry and I realized I had already decided that this wasn't going to work. My, and it was my intuition telling me this is not going to work. So my point of this is to say in that moment, I, it was one of the most physically and emotionally tender moments of my life. But I literally whispered, I'm done. And in that moment, I took back my power and said, this is ridiculous. Why am I doing this? I'm not well. I'm putting my body through this. Like, what am I doing? And so I speak a lot about, you know, strength has nothing to do with physical strength. That is, I mean, I, if you're physically strong, congratulations, but real strength, you know, real tenacity comes from getting through hard shit Sorry, I hope that's oh, okay. No, we curse all the time. Okay, okay, it's yeah, me too. Okay, it's getting through that hard stuff, and it's getting up again and again and again. That is what unstoppable is. It's saying no matter how many times I get knocked down, I'm gonna get up again. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I feel Beautiful. like even I feel like because the thing is, though, sometimes you get knocked down and like it's going to take you like you're going to get up again, but it's going to take a minute, you know, like and that's okay. Exactly. And I feel like that's what I hear from you. And that's what I feel from you is like, this is a marathon. Like this life is a marathon, right? Life is about 
sustain sustaining your energy, like making sure that you know you're you're able to continue on in the most like efficient way possible. And sometimes you get knocked down and you get right back up. And sometimes you get knocked down and you have to take a rest for like a couple of days, you know? And I think, I just think it's so important what you're saying is like, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're giving up. It means like your different things in life require different amounts of processing time and bounce back time. And I think what I feel from you and hear from you is like, it's really the mindset of I'm not ever going to give up but I'm allowed to take breaks and I'm allowed to take rests and regroup here. So. Right. It, it is so possible to be in a negative mindset and you're going to continue to manifest negativity in your life. And I completely get it. I understand. I've been there at times, but with really focused work, you can reprogram that. And the difficult things are just a little bit less difficult or maybe a lot less difficult. It depends on what it is. But the beauty of the beauty of it is even if your physical world doesn't change, your perception of it is so you're less miserable. So mm, why yeah. wouldn't you put in that work? But I do believe if you change your mindset, you are going to begin to create beautiful things in your life. Mm. Like, for instance, when I finally spoke up for myself and said, I'm done, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to try to get pregnant again. Uh, we took a few months and we didn't talk about babies, <clears throat> excuse me, at all. <laughs> like it was like, don't we packed everything up? It was like, don't talk about it. And one day, so we had set a date on the calendar to have um, a baby talk. So we started talking about it. We're like, okay, we're open to adoption. Let's do it. We went to a private agency realized it was going to be like 40 grand. We both work nonprofit work because we both love serving others. And we were like, okay, so that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and <clears throat> I told my husband, I was on my way home one day and I completely received a beautiful message. And it was that um, I needed to let go. I was going to be a mom in very soon, like soon. And that, um, that she would actually, my daughter, I was told that it was a girl and that she would come to me through a connection that I already have with a, a former youth. So I was doing youth work. At the, I had been doing youth work for the last decade at that time. And I told my husband that I just asked him about this last night. And of course, he's like, I don't remember that. And I'm like, stop, just don't talk to me right now. I really do, because he's a bit of a non-believer. And I'm I'm just like you see these things happen. How can you be a non-believer? But yeah. um, a couple of months go by and we get a phone call from what was one of the teenagers that I would mentor. And she's now a woman. She's pregnant with our third baby. And she had heard through the grapevine that we were still trying to have kids and hadn't been able to. And she asked me, <clears throat> I think this was in like May we met in June and my daughter was born in September. I was in the room when she was born. They handed her straight to me. I knew what she looked like. It was incredible. Even now I feel speechless. Um, I, we knew that we would never adopt again because we would never get that 
we would never be given. I mean, this baby was basically handed to us. That's not going to happen a second time. Right. Mm -hmm. And then a few years later, I started getting this feeling that, and I had felt very content with just L and I started getting the feeling that I wanted one more, which was shocking to me. Like I really didn't expect that. And I realize now it was, you know, my intuition guiding me and preparing me. And my husband came home and he's like, so, so there's this other girl that we had mentored, same program, everything. (laughs) And he was three when he moved in with us. Mm -hmm. He really needed a good stable home that could provide him some extra care people that, you know, that were trauma informed and really understand how to understood, excuse me, how to help him grow. And he's been here for five years, my precious boy. Um, when I was trying to make the decision, whether we were going to go ahead and, and do this, I, I, I mean, I had toiled over this decision and because I understood that he needed extra help and I was scared that I wouldn't physically have excuse me, what he needed, you know, I'm not, uh, and at that time I was somewhat, I mean, I was stable, but that doesn't, but every stable still means every day is hard for me, you know? And I told, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I said, I'm going to need the most clear sign. I don't know what it is. I don't know what to say, but like, you have to do that. As soon as I stopped that prayer, I walked into my kitchen and I had this sign in there that said, you rarely see what is right in front of you. And it fell off and hit me on the head. <laughs> literally hit you on the head? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I literally picked up the phone and I was like, okay, babe. Yes. <laughs> mm, wow. Wow. That and is it, so wild. It, yeah. what a it really is. Story. Yeah. So great things come out of us choosing to put ourselves first and listen to our own heart and follow our intuition. Mm-hmm. It has in my life. And so I really feel like this next chapter for me is going to be really beautiful. And I'm so excited about the opportunity to help mentor others who have been in this place of suffering because I've been there and it's awful. But I'm also excited for my family because we have been through it and my family deserves some beautiful things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm okay saying that there was a time when I would have felt like that was selfish. And that's part of learning to love yourself and accept yourself. I deserve good things. I'm a good person. Yeah, We all do. How do so how do people you're talking about mentoring people is that something that you're actively doing right now like as a business can people work with you if they hear you on this podcast and and really like connect with you like talk a little bit about how people can engage with you right so right now you can connect with me and we can do one-on-one work my website isn't quite finished yet but it should be up in the next couple of weeks so right now I'm accessible through Instagram would be the first, the easiest way. And then I'm on TikTok and Facebook under the same name, Unstoppable Stacy with an IE. 
Um, they wanted to make that a little bit unique and it's, you know, <laughs> great, but it's a little difficult at times. <laughs> well, we'll put that link. We'll put those links in okay. our show notes Thanks. so people can just click there. Yeah. Thank you. So we can do that one on one work. The next thing that I'm currently working on is a course called Radical Heart. And it's really all about learning to create that. How do you foster self-love in such a way that it catapults you into embodying your highest self? Mm. And I'm so excited about it. I'm hoping to have it done in the next few weeks and then that will go live. And and then, of course, I'm hoping to have some great speaking engagements very soon. Mm. Who do you like to speak to? Like, who is your dream, like, audience to speak to? Is there any do, – do you have, like, one? Or just in case people are listening or like, oh, I work at this place or – right. I really feel like this message tends to resonate with women like 24 to 50, you know, that kind of that childbearing years, because so much of what I went through was related to that. And I just think it very much resonates with that group. Although I I still think that anyone could take away the message of resilience from the story. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm writing a book. So I'm very excited about that. Which I've, (laughs) I was just messaging you this morning and I was like, you were like, are you, I was up early and you were up at that same time and you're like, yeah, I've, that's been something I've been dealing with for a long time. And I'm like, yeah. And then you said like, but you said something about like, I used to use it to be creative. And I, it was funny when you said that, cause I immediately saw you early in the morning, like writing a book. And I was like, are you writing a book? And you're like, I am writing a book. And I was like, that's yeah. great. <laughs> that's great. Your guys' intuition are just incredible to me. Thank so you. gifted. So, so gifted. I love it. Well, I was wondering if you could just, just because intuition has been a part of your journey, like what would you say to somebody right now, maybe who's listening to this and is, because you've gone through that journey of being scared and now it sounds much more, I don't know how you use it, like if you use it actively or, or it's just kind of an integrated part of your life. But right. um, what would you say to somebody who's like, they really want to, but they're just really scared of what comes after that? I understand. So I don't have a simple answer for this because I really believe that it comes down to the trauma that we have in our life that create these blocks and self-limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I have ha- are well-informed on trauma and it's really incredible what it does to you psychologically and what it does to your brain quite literally. Mm-hmm. I very much feel like it takes digging in and figuring out what, where are your fears stemming from? So mine were fears of um, judgment, fears of, because I wasn't accepted as a kid. I was different. I was dorky. I struggled to make friends and it was, I was bullied and that was traumatic for me. I also very, very much have struggled with um, blocks and feelings of scarcity and worry that we won't have enough or that I'll go into this and then I, uh, it's not fruitful. And I've lost other opportunities because I grew up, my mom and dad struggled and they are incredible people and they did their very best with everything that they had. But there were four of us and that was tough. So I really, really struggled with that. So I feel like 
I wish it were an easy answer, but if you're struggling with, with this, I think the reality is you need to take a look. Is it religious trauma? That was a little bit of it for me. Um, what, what is it that's stopping you? And the best part is if you do this, like go the long way and actually do the work, you open your intuition up, you open your heart up for love. You open your heart up for being able to manifest. Like it's like, it's going back to the foundation and fixing what's going on there so that everything else can be built on that. Absolutely. We're teaching an intuitive course right now that's coming to an end, but we're reopening it. And um, that is one thing that I think is so apparent is that like when you do the intuitive work, it's it's not just intuitive work. It's so much. It's it's inner mm-hmm. child work. It's trauma work. It's, it's yeah. because when you connect with your – and it makes sense why it's so scary for people even if they don't understand. It's because like when you connect with your intuition, you're really – you're really acknowledging certain parts of you, certain truths that maybe you've been way more comfortable like compartmentalizing for a while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that people can viscerally feel that when like maybe they don't consciously remember, but they can feel like, oh, I I don't know if I'm ready to open those drawers, you know? And I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it too. Like until you're ready, you know. I even have concerns with um, being open now, even for my children's sake, in terms of, I, I think a lot about this, who, who's going to listen. If I really do take off, what is going to come back to them? So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm somewhat open with them, but they are young. They're eight and 11. And I'm really cautious because I really don't want to force my belief system on them. I really, we try to expose them to a lot of different belief systems so that they can choose something for themselves. Mm -hmm. And children are so deeply impressionable. I have kind of deconstructed some of my own stuff with religion and as is my husband. And we're just super cautious with that. So I, I get it. I completely get it. Mm. My daughter is incredibly, in, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, no, go Amy. ahead. Go ahead. Continue on. My daughter is very intuitive though. She, um, when she was three, she told me that she had tried to get here several times mm. and couldn't get here. So she had to go find another way to get here. And then a couple of years ago, she told me that she and I had been taking turns being mother and daughter for many, many lifetimes. And I had not spoken to her about that. Uh, I had not really introduced the idea of reincarnation. My husband, of course, feels like she had to have heard it from me or show or something. (laughs) And, uh, you know, whatever. I don't care. That's okay. Uh, But so she's incredibly... I think she's gifted. You know, she likes to play this game that she made up where she's basically doing energy work. She likes me to close my eyes and run her hands across basically similar to Reiki. Um, She is very special. I think she has an old soul. Wow. 
That is the cool, that is like the most beautiful thing ever, just tying all of it together with like the miscarriages. Like, I, know. I tried to get here. I tried to get, that's so romantic too. Like, I know. I tried to get to you so many times and I just had to go a different route. And I know. How beautiful is that? Wow. And we, she actually, <laughs> as I'm speaking about it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that is because it, it is, it's my life. It, at some point you realize it's magical, but at some point you kind of forget some details being so right. intimate. And, but her birth mom, who is like my sister, we're all very, very close. We get together for, we joke around that like they've adopted us. I, right. <laughs> I gained a family, a really beautiful family. And she's very, you know, birth moms get a bad rap, but both of my kids' moms are incredible women, incredible women. And um, she actually, her birth mother, she had been saying to her two children, well, I'm like being an angel kind of and helping. No, she didn't use the word angel. That was my husband. She said, I'm helping bring this baby into the world for another family that needs it. It's really mm -hmm. special. And so my husband came up with the name and her name's Ashley, but we call her angel Ash. So mm -hmm. my daughter doesn't call her mom, but my, but it, she has a special name. That's just hers. Mm -hmm. that's so, so yeah. Yeah. So she calls her angel Ash and wow. it, it is really beautiful. And you're right. It's very romantic. It's very sweet to like to to kind of have uh, to look at your life and say, you know what, I can't do this. I can't raise this child, and this child would be better with someone else. And I think that takes a lot of a lot of courage. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the more selfish thing to do is to keep the baby in, like, because you want that good feeling around rather than understanding I can't I can't do this I I don't know that I could have done it honestly and I have such immense respect for both of our children's mothers um, my son's mother was healing and she <clears throat> understood that she needed to get some extra support for my son and just really beautiful what these women did for their kids very selfless I I just, it's, I'm speechless. I don't know. And I feel so honored. I feel so deeply honored that they chose me, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah definitely. It, you, Stacey, you truly are unstoppable. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. The more, I mean, no wonder you're writing a book because the more you tell your story, it's just like, wow. Like the, and you're just such, you are such an amazing speaker and presence and it's just been such a joy and a pleasure to have you on this podcast. So thank you for thank sharing you. your story. And is yes, there anything, I is there anything you want to share before we wrap up? I, I'm, we'll, Again, once again, guys, we'll put Stacy's Instagram info and TikTok info in our um, show notes so you guys can go there and get it. I would love to work with you guys. And if you happen to be um, someone that does plan speaking engagements, hit me up. So, yeah, yeah. I, I really am grateful that you guys gave me this opportunity. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so, so much for being here and sharing your mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. I loved you guys like total fangirl. 
Oh, that's, that's so sweet. Yeah, you told me, Stacey, when you said it, we were the – is this right, that we were the first pro- podcast you ever listened to? Yes, and oh, you guys thanks. got me through, like, the – you guys got me through, like, the, the first three months of the pandemic. Oh, <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That's such a sweet compliment. It really no, is. No, truly. It's crazy. Felt, uh, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I first, I first found Ambie on TikTok. Yeah. I finally gave in because my husband's like, it's so great. You gotta get on it. It's fun, you know? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not getting on TikTok. Well, I did. And yeah. I think he regrets that now, but yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I found Ambi, And then of course I immediately connected with Alexa on there, but yeah, I just think I love you guys. I it's so awesome. Thank you so much. much. I'm so glad that you're here and that we got to hear your story. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. And it's so, so special every time we get to connect with part of the community and like get to know the listeners more because this is, it reminds me so much of how Ambie and I met actually, because Ambie and I were I was a host on another podcast that had a ton of listeners. I was a listener of that podcast. Ambie was a listener of that podcast. And we connected because I was interviewing the listeners of that podcast because the listeners of that podcast, how many times can I say that in this sentence, um, (laughs) were so gifted themselves and so inspirational. There was so much, so many stories that I could see, you know, that I was like, man, like we should be telling these stories too. And so that's how Ambie and I connected. And I just, it's really cool because I, I see that in our audience. Like I see that in our community where I just, the more I connect and the more I get to know each one of you, I'm like, wow, there's so many powerful beings here. So Stacy, it's just, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for connecting. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for doing what you do. You're absolutely mm-hmm. going to help so many people you already have, I feel like, even just being. Um, and uh, thank you to everyone who's listening, everyone who watches on Facebook. We love and appreciate you. Make sure you give Stacy a follow. And uh, if you're somebody who hires people for speaking, make sure you reach out to her. She's obviously <laughs> a very inspirational speaker. So we love you guys. Until next time. Keep on blooming. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast.